Hi, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. On this throwback edition, we have an interview with Dre Baldwin of WOYG, Work On Your Game. We originally interviewed Dre on a Google Hangout, which you can find in our YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash Basketball. Dre was one of the first real YouTube stars. He's uploaded thousands of videos, which have been watched millions of times by his many, many followers. Now, Dre gives all sorts of advice to aspiring athletes from all over the world, from basketball to diet to working out. And when you hear how direct and honest he is, you'll quickly see why he's so popular. Don't forget, you can subscribe to TPT's podcast on iTunes. And remember, if you like what you're hearing, leave us a rating. It'll help spread the word. Thanks. Hey, this is Dan Friel, and I've got today with me Dre Baldwin. Hey, Dre, how are you? I'm doing excellent, Dan. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thanks. Hey, it's been a while that uh, I've been wanting to speak with you, and I'm glad we finally have you on. I wanted to ask you to first, uh, if you can, tell us about what the name of your team is. Our team is W-O-Y-G, and a lot of people ask me what that means. It stands for Work On Your Game. All right, so what does Work On Your Game mean? What to you? uh, Well, Work On Your Game can – Work On Your Game means a lot of things, Dan. I mean, it's something that I actually started saying to my – viewers on YouTube back in 2008. It was when I had first started publishing a lot of videos online. A lot of young players were coming to me. They were asking me all these questions like, Dre, can you give me some tips on how to jump higher? Can you tell me how to work on my jump shot? Can you tell me how I get better at dribbling? And every day I was getting asked, can you give me tips on this, tips on that? And I finally told these kids, I said, listen, the reason why you're not getting the improvement that you want, you don't have the game that you want, you're getting cut from the basketball team or you're sitting at the end of the bench, It's because instead of going out there and putting in the work to practice, you're playing Xbox, you're watching TV, you're looking around on YouTube to watch me instead of going and putting in the work. So what you need to do is go work on your game. I put a a colorful word that starts with the letter F somewhere in the middle of that. But (laughs) I I cleaned it up. The PC version is work on your game. All right. So tell me about how you got started then on YouTube. I mean, way back in 2008, you were probably one of the early adopters of that forum, right? Yeah, so it was actually 2006. I said work on your game in 2008. Oh, okay. I started publishing in 2006. It was actually when I got out of college, from, out of Penn State Altoona in 2004, my idea was to become a professional basketball player. But Penn State Altoona is a Division three school. and No basketball player had come out of that school and went pro to that point. Nobody. So coming out of that school, I knew I was going to have to hustle my way into it. I was going to have to work on my game and hustle my way into it. After a year out of school, I worked at Foot Locker as an assistant manager. I worked at a gym called Bally Total Fitness, summer memberships. I finally went to a professional camp. A professional exposure camp was actually in Orlando, Florida, and I played really well there, and I got the film from that camp. And at that time, that film was like gold to me. That was the most valuable thing in my life, that film. And it was actually on what we call VHS. I know you know what that is, but a lot of people don't. <laughs> it was a VHS tape, not a DVD, but a VHS tape. So I I said, this VHS tape, I'm not going to be able to preserve this over the next 50 years because when I'm 75 and I'm telling my grandkids I used to be good at basketball, they're just going to roll their eyes at me unless I have some proof. So let me figure out a way to get this VHS into a format that won't get destroyed over the years as I'm traveling and moving around. So I took it to an audio-visual store and had the VHS transferred to a CD. I took the CD, put it into my computer, which was a desktop computer back at my parents' house. At the time, I was still living at home. And I put it on this new website that hosted video called YouTube. 
and that was my first ever YouTube video. I put that up there really just for myself. It was only for me to see because nobody knew who the hell I was. So why would anybody be looking up my video on YouTube? No reason. But what I found a few weeks later when I looked at it was that people were leaving comments on the video like, yo, you're pretty good. Who do you play for? Who taught you? Who do you play for now? Are you in the NBA? Like, and they asked me all these questions. So I started, I basically got my first digital camera about a year and a half later. So I started taking that with me to the gym then. And I just recorded the stuff I was doing in the gym every day anyway. And I started publishing that stuff to YouTube. And everything I published, I would get more questions. Like, I want to make a video about this, about that, and about the third. So then I just went off the energy of the fans and just kept publishing videos. And about 2009, I decided, let me see if I can do this every single day. I thought I had about 10 days worth of ideas. And it's been about 2,000 days since then. And I'm still going every single day on YouTube. All right. So are you using mainly like fan requests of questions and ideas that they have as inspiration? Or are you thinking of stuff yourself? How does that work? I do a combination of both, Then I take ideas. If I hear a fan ask me something like, hey, Drake, can you make a video about this? A lot of times I get people asking me questions to make a video about something that I've already done. Once you, One thing that I've found is once you've done thousands or even hundreds of videos on YouTube that nobody sees every single video. So they'll ask me something that I've already done. So I'll tell them, hey, I already did that. Check this out. But every once in a while, someone will ask me a question where it is a new idea. And I say, hey, maybe I'll do that. What I'm finding now, then, is after I've done so many tutorials and so many drills that a lot of the things that are unique that I get asked are things that I'm just talking to the camera, where I'm explaining my mentality. I'm explaining how you deal with a coach, how do you deal with your family members, how you deal with this situation where you're going to your first tryout camp. Have you, if you've never been overseas, these are the materials you need to get in place. If you want an agent, these are the people you need to talk to. If you're going to a camp, this is what you should expect. So there's a lot of stuff with me kind of sharing the wealth of my experience now and being that I'm looking, I'm closer to the end of my playing career than the beginning is perfect for me that I can share my knowledge now with players who are up and coming when it seemed like just yesterday I was the new guy coming in and I didn't know anything. Now I'm like the old head to these guys because I'm older and I've been around. So, you know, Dre, uh, you and I email quite a bit and uh, it's always amazing to me how early you're up in the morning and it seems like you're an early riser uh, I don't know if you're an early to bed person or not, but you certainly get up early. Yeah. Um, what is it? So what is it that drives you every day that to kind of keep going, keep at it, keep putting these 2000 plus videos on YouTube? It's crazy that you asked me that question. You know, I actually it's been 2000 days then, but it's actually over 4000 videos. I mean, okay. 4500 4, videos roughly right now. It's usually I put out two per day, but it's funny that you asked me that because I just recorded a video today. I was actually driving home from the gym and I recorded it while I was driving, answering that exact question. It's kind of like, in a way it's hard to explain, but in a way it's easy. It's kind of like if, if you ever gone on a run, you ever gone on it like a jog somewhere where you run a few miles, and let's say you know that you're gonna run four miles. So at the beginning of the run, you're kind of stiff because you're just getting into the run. You haven't started sweating yet. And at the end of the run, you're pretty tired and your mind starts to tell you to be tired because you know you're at the end of the run. But if you're at the two-mile mark, halfway through the run, you feel perfect. Your sweat's going. Your energy's going. You're in a perfect flow. You got your music going. You probably got your favorite songs playing. And you're just in a zone. It's kind of like if you ever drove on a highway somewhere that you drive two, four, five miles and you're in that, not hours, I mean, 
and you're in a stretch where it's just all highway and the car is just humming along at a steady pace, 65, 70 miles per hour, and it's just going. It's just going. It's kind of like you're in a zone. I kind of feel like that physically, mentally, like I exist in that space. I feel like I can just keep going. It's like a car that's going at about 65. Like you put your car on cruise control. Yeah. You take your foot off the gas and it just goes and goes and goes. I've come to find out over the years then that not everyone is wired like that. I sometimes, sometimes I rub people the wrong way because I push people to kind of, I expect people to think and act the way that I do, but I see most people are not driven that way. But I've also found that with that whole work on your game answer, that's kind of my gift as a person that I had that consistency. I had that consistency, that persistence, that drive, that determination to just find something and just lock in on it and just keep going. So that's been my number one skill. Now, one of the things that you've done this year is you've decided to apply to the region in your hometown uh, in Philadelphia. This is where you're from, right? That's right. Mount Airy. And, yeah. And you live in uh, you live in Miami now, which is a little bit warmer, obviously, right? Oh, always. <laughs> so what? Um, why do you want to go back up home? Is there some kind of a, a reason why you picked that region to, to apply to? Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of reasons. I'll give you a few. Number one, uh, TBT was in Philadelphia last year. And my team, I had put a team together for TBT last year. I know you know this story, but everybody right. wants it, doesn't. I put a team together, and I kind of had to piece together the team because a lot of players were players were telling me they will play, and they were telling me, no, I can't play. Players changing their mind. And a lot of the guys on the team were not from that area, so they would have to. They were going to have to fly in. So a lot of people were changing their mind at the last minute. So we get to the deadline of the roster deadline for TBT, and we didn't have – we had enough players. We got barely enough. But what had happened during that time period is I'm scrambling to get players. I stopped pushing to get fans because what I w didn't want to do is keep asking my fans to vote for us. And then it'd be a waste of time because we don't right. have the players. Like I just wasted you guys time. Vote for my team. Now we don't even have a team. So we ended up not getting in because you no know, TBT had to choose like eight wild cards. My team didn't get chosen. You know, I'm still mad about that. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at TBT. I'm just mad in general. Yeah, so I understand. I had to come back. I had to come back to Philadelphia. Philadelphia is my hometown. I actually haven't visited Philly during a warm month in a few years. I've been there in the winter time, and that's uh, not happening again unless somebody's paying me for it. <laughs> so I got to come back in the summertime so I can get a Philly pretzel. I got to get a Philly cheesesteak. I got to get a Rita's water ice with a soft pretzel, cheese pretzel with the Whiz. So I got to do all these things, and I got I to gotta show my lady. I got to show her Philadelphia. She's never seen it. So it's perfect timing. TBT's in Philly. We got to go up there, even though it's the most crowded region in the tournament by far. We got to go and, up there and do what and we it looks do. Like, it looks like it's going to be one of the stronger regions in terms of the quality of the competition up there, too. Have you had a chance to look through some of the other rosters, or is that part of your thought process at all? I look – just to see what our ranking is as far as the fan voting. Cause I know we, we got to get a top eight seed so we can get that first round by. So we don't have to play that first game. That's the only thing I look at as far as the rosters of the other teams. I know there are certain players playing. I see the announcements to get announced on social media. This team got this guy, that team got that guy. But the only thing that I say to that, cause sometimes younger guys will come to me on YouTube and they'll say, Dre, well, Hey, this team has this guy and this guy used to play in the NBA and this guy played the D league. Listen, if you're going into a competition thinking about who the other team has, then you shouldn't be on the court. When the game starts, the court's 94 feet long, the basket's 10 feet high, and there's one basketball, and it's 40 minutes on the clock. There's one ball, and like Chris Berman on ESPN says, 
That's why they play the game. So we got to get on the court, and we're going to see what's what. At the end of the game, one team's going to win, one team's going to lose, and that's all that matters. So we're about maybe a few weeks into the process right now. You're doing great with the votes. I think you're in fifth place in uh, the Northeast region. What sort of things – I mean, obviously you have a large social media following already. Uh, is that how you're getting votes to this point and tapping into those uh, social media followers? Well, one thing I'm doing is making sure I'm staying in touch with my viewers and fans and letting them know, hey, this is what's going on with the team. These are the players that we have. These are the questions that y'all keep asking me. The reason why I said some teams are ineligible because we got to have this many people asking me, well, how many fans do you need? So I'm answering the same questions over and over again. I've kind of found over the years online that you have to kind of answer the same questions over and over again because people don't get it. And then you get new people coming in who didn't hear you the last time. So you got to make sure you keep giving them the exact same information. It's kind of like being a school teacher. So I just keep giving people the information, keeping people up to date on what's going on. Because after what happened last year, I sent out an initial email to my my people when the tournament first dropped on April 1st. And I said, we what happened last year is not going to happen this year. Team WOYG is playing in TBT this year in Philadelphia, July 17th to 19th that is a guarantee so whatever i need to do to make that happen is going to happen we will be in the tournament this year tell me a little bit about why it is dre that you're playing in tbt what is it about the event what is it about the competition that attracts you you know as a general manager as a player to want to compete well first of all when tbt first dropped last year i looked at the idea and i said wow so they're going to have a basketball tournament that's kind of driven by online the online space even though it's not played online it's, it's played on the court but it's driven by the online space it's driven by social media so when you take the two phrases basketball player and social media you can't have those two without mentioning drake ball there was no such thing as basketball on the internet before i came along that's just a fact now some people might not like me stating it that way but that's the facts you can go back and look nba.com espn.com any YouTuber you can name, Instagrammer, none of them existed before I came along. So if there's going to be a basketball game that's driven by social media and I'm still phys physically able to play, I'm going to be involved in it. That's all there is to it. That's great. That's great. So tell me a little bit about the team that you have and the guys that you have playing for you this year. How have you gotten them? Uh, what are your expectations? Have you met them before? Stuff like that. Everybody that's on the team I have met before. Some of them were... Some of them are guys that I know personally. I play with in different places. There's uh, one guy, my guy Rez, he's from Philadelphia. We actually didn't know each other personally, but we played, we both played in a whole bunch of tournaments. Like before I even moved out of Philadelphia, we were playing this tournament. It was called the BK three on three. It was a three on three open tournament and it was really rough physically, but it was really fun. And me and a couple of my college teammates were playing it and I would see him playing in it. And we seen we saw each other all the time, but we never actually met. So when I saw him on the free agent pool, the first thing I did was contact you, Dan. I said, I got to get this guy's email address. I reached out to him and I told him, like, I know who you are. I've seen you play before. I know you win damn near every tournament you play. And you either win or you come in second place. And that's true. I wasn't pumping him up. Every time I've seen this guy play, he's either winning or he goes to the next city and tries to win it again. We had a conversation that day. He called me immediately got him on the roster. Uh, one of my guys I played with in the Nike Summer Series game, FEODG, he's going to be playing with me. That was in 2013. Uh, another guy, Adam Constantine, I played with him back in uh, North Carolina because one of my college teammates 
is from North Carolina. So when I would go home with him during spring break, I would see Adam there. Uh, Andrew Feely is a guy that I've met actually through a friend of mine, Brett, Brad Cannis, who's over in Spain. He runs a camp. He runs a camp out there for players to actually start their professional playing careers. Uh, my guy, Jay Jameson. I used to work out with Jay back in Philly before I moved out of Philadelphia. And I got a couple other guys I'm working on right now. So I'm I'm constantly working the phone lines. It's like really being a GM. Yeah, are, you, are you enjoying that process of sort of being in charge of the team, taking the matters into your own hands? Yes, that is is something that that's just who I am. I'm, if I'm going to be involved in an organization, I want to be one of the people who's making the decisions. And if it's going to get to the point where the funny thing is, then with basketball players, if you're trying to get them to do something that doesn't have to do with actually playing in the game, it's kind of like pulling teeth. So I figure, I figure early on in this process that if nobody else is going to do any other promotion, not saying that that's the case, but yeah. if I need to recruit every single fan we have, I'm not. That's not happening. But if I did need to do it, we're going to do it. Because when I put the word out to my fans that we are absolutely playing in this tournament, I'm putting my word on that, and. That's going to happen whether I got to recruit a thousand more fans or I got to recruit one more. We will play in this tournament. I do like being the person who's the point person who's making the calls, getting the people on the team. I tell guys, hey, call me directly. You got any issues, any questions, you get in touch with me and we'll get it settled. I'll make sure everybody's getting the right amount of uh, prize money, all of that. Yeah, I like being the person who's calling the shots. What do you look for in a team that you appreciate watching play basketball? Most important thing you have to find in a team, especially a team that's going to play in a lot of games at a very high level, is that not everybody on the team can be the superstar. There's only one basketball. You can't have a team full of guys where everybody thinks they should be scoring 30, where everybody thinks they should be MVP, where everybody thinks they're going to make the all-star game, where everybody wants to get shine. You have to have players on the team who understand their role. So not everybody is going to be the guy with the ball all the time, which is one of the things that I look for and I'm looking at free agents, I kind of look into these guys' background. I'm trying to figure out how does this guy play and what would what would I think if I watched that guy play? Is he a guy who thinks he's going to have a ball all the time or is he okay with being a role player on the team? Because not everybody can be the man. Um, Dre, this has really been a great conversation. I appreciate finally getting a chance to talk to you. Uh, why don't you tell everybody how they can vote for your team and where they can find you on the internet? You want to vote for Team W-O-Y-G. It stands for Work On Your Game. You go to thetournament.com. You look at the team rankings in the Northeast region. You see us. It's W-O-Y-G. I created a short link myself. It's dreallday.com slash T-B-T. That stands for The Basketball Tournament. And if you want to find me online, just go on Google and type in Dre Baldwin. I'm everywhere you want to look. And if you're looking for basketball drills online, Anybody you watch, even if it's not me, you're actually watching me because they wouldn't be there if it wasn't for me. Dre, thank you so much. It really was a pleasure. Remember that you can find Dre Baldwin uh, and his team, W-O-Y-G, work on your game on thetournament.com. Dre, thanks again for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Work on your game. Quick update on W-O-Y-G. They finished with 911 votes, good for fourth place in the Northeast region. Dre and his team earned a first-round bye, but faced a really tough team in DMV's finest in the second round. Although Dre's entry into TBT didn't end in a win, it sounds like he had a really good time, and knowing what we know about Dre, I don't think he'll be at all discouraged by the result. Thanks for listening.